0: everybody doing? You guys doing all right? Make sure that you've got one of those handouts that's going to help us navigate through this morning. Right before I pray, I just want to also say uh, this morning we had a couple of carts, the red carts that some of you are using for one reason or another. Some of those carts went across the bridge and we just want to remind you that you're not allowed to take those carts across the bridge. They're not registered vehicles and if the uh, CHP uh, local sheriff CHP see you, they will give you a ticket, which would be very troubling for you to come up to Hume and to have to walk away with a, with a ticket for driving a cart across the bridge. So please use, you know, go, go the back road, which is uh, Hume property. We appreciate that very much, and you will appreciate that very much because nobody wants to get a ticket for just riding their cart around and trying to get to their locations in an easier way. So, hey, why don't we pray right now and uh, just commit this time. Uh, I know for some of you, you might even be sitting there just going, I don't even know why I'm in this room right now. And it makes me nervous to be sitting around with a bunch of guys talking about porn. And so why don't we just take that to the Lord and and offer it up to Him. Father God, we come to you this morning and we pray that the power of Christ's blood, that Jesus Christ, Him crucified, and nothing else, God, would be the preeminent reason, thought, uh, drive that centers our hearts on you. God, we don't just bring to you lives that have been um, broken and shattered because of pornography or unwanted sexual behaviors or all of those kinds of things. God, we, we bring all of these things to you, Father, this morning uh, that don't just, don't just have those things but include, God, the whole of our lives. God, being uh, single men, being married men, Father, the the women that are involved in our lives, the way that we view them, whether it's the person that, God, uh, you've chosen for us for marriage or it's the barista at Starbucks. Father, bring a depth of purity that we can hardly even dream of into the center of our lives. But, God, not, not by our own power, but by the power of the cross. I pray these things over these men. And, Father, I pray that you would spiritually protect them. God, spiritually encourage them and lift them up this morning. Give us hope and healing. Give us focus and a willingness, God, to have change occur in the heart of our lives. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ our Savior, our Lord, and it's by His blood, God, that we come to you. It's in His name. Amen. Thanks, you guys. Those of you coming in, make sure you get those outlines that are in the back. Uh, I uh, want to tell you a little bit about uh, who I am. By the way, you can have all of this that you've got in your hands electronically, which I know a lot of you function that way. Uh, if, if You may not be able to Grab this off there with your phone this morning, but I've I've got that, and you can just it can just store into your phone, and then you can uh, pop it open once you get uh, reception back down the hill, and that gives you the electronic version of what you are, what you have on, on paper, and you can use that stuff at will. I'm not there's no proprietary anything on any of that, uh, and so we're we're here trying to fight a battle, not uh, trying to make money off of off of this. Uh, I want to introduce my my family a little bit, Uh, a couple things to know. My family loves to be together. I've got two daughters, uh, 20 and 23 years old, wife of 28, almost 29 years, and uh, we love doing activity together, we love being together, and uh, probably the greatest times uh, of of my life are, are still spent with these three ladies. I grew up with women, my dad kind of bailed out on uh, our family, uh, he was very, very busy uh, working and whatnot, and so I, I grew up around women, and, and God has seen fit to just put me with women in, in uh, my my married life as well, it's like I'm just surrounded by girls, so this weekend is awesome for me, like eating kielbasa and just being able to walk around and be a guy, Is just, I mean you guys have no idea how filling a weekend like this is for a guy like me, but. These ladies in my life are so important. And uh, I, I just also, you should know, I'm a fanatical and my family, we are fanatical Dodger fans. And so we are pained right now, pained that the Padres are up on us 2 uh, 1 in this series. Uh, if you see me weeping tonight, it has nothing to do with Jesus. It will have everything to do with the Padres winning, but I'm really hoping the Dodgers win. But anyway, uh, we're big Dodger fans. My wife works for the Salvation Army, uh, a rescue church that uh, works in the downtown area of Long Beach, where I live, and uh, down in Southern California, and she pretty much, from the, uh, from the Salvation Army perspective, she is the coordinator over the red shield that exists in Long Beach, uh, bringing uh, hope and, and bringing, you know, as, as their, their favorite phrase, um, a hand to man, a hand to God and a hand to man. Uh, and bringing those things together in a priestly way. Uh, and so my wife is in the center of that. And so I get to go to a lot of fun Salvation Army uh, events because she does a lot of capital campaign stuff for them uh, in building that uh, red shield. So that is a little bit about me, my family. I'm a pastor down in Southern California. That's really, you'll, you'll hear more about that as, as we go. Um, I want to open us uh, our time of just talking about this uh, with just a bit of a story. Uh, when I was young, my dad was not around very much. My parents were married; they got divorced when I was uh, in in my teenage years. Uh, but they, you know, before the divorce, there was all the chaos, right—the the blowing up, the arguing, the screaming, the yelling. And my dad's kind of parenting uh, was was pretty much just to to come in, scream and yell, pound things, throw things, and then leave. And then he'd be gone for a, a week at a time because of work and a, a lot of other things. And so. Um, I, I, I did not grow up with a very good example of what manhood was. I did not grow up with a very good uh, father, to be honest with you. My father and I, just as a side note, reconciled when I was 40 years old. I'm 55 now. We've gone fishing every year that he's been physically able to do so, and there's been water in the state of California. Uh, and, and so we go fishing, and we do a ton of creek fishing together and, and that kind of thing. I did I did reconcile with him, and, and I have resolved, as many of you probably will that, come, that, that have upbringing where you had difficult mom, difficult dad, difficult parents, um, you, you will come to a point in your life where, um, where it, is a, it is a better thing in front of, in front of God to, to reconcile and, and to come together and just realize none of us have the tools to be fathers. None of us have the tools to be mothers. Uh, we don't have the tools to be parents, but we're thrust into that when we have kids, right? And uh, my parents did the best job they could. It wasn't very good. And they would say that. It wasn't very good. But I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because now I'm a parent. And and I realize without Jesus in my life and without a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of training, um, I would be the same same guy. Uh, And I've really had to mitigate against that. But when my dad was young, when he was just a young father, um, I found a stack of his Playboys, which back in my day was how guys were exposed to pornography. Uh, I found a stack of Playboys and other magazines and, and so I took those and of course I showed them to every single guy that was in the neighborhood. Um, we would sit out back and then I got caught by my mother, which was my first introduction to how shameful it feels to look at porn and be, be caught by a woman. And, and so it began to write into the inside of me that this was very exciting. My mom marched me into my dad and she threw the magazines down and she turned them upside down on the ground. And my dad reached over and turned them right side up and told my mother, hey, he's already seen everything in there. And then he pointed at me and he said, you can't look at these until you're a man. Well, what does every young boy want to be? What does every boy always think? This is a little elusive. What does it mean to be a man? Well, I knew. It was that magazine right there. (laughs) My dad just gave me the key, right? And so this was just one episode in a series of episodes when I was a kid that kind of led me into a place where, where looking at pornography... And the excitement that came from that and the natural rush that came from looking at a woman that was unclothed was very, very motivating to me. And then I knew that it was forbidden by women, which made it more interesting to me because I was surrounded by them. And it was also advocated by my dad. And he was a man. I knew that. And and he was a very strong-willed man. And so I I felt like, you know, in, in, in order to reach those heights, this was the direction that I needed to go. I share that with you in brief. Because every one of you in this room has got a story. And I'm going to ask you later, not here today, right this moment, but I'm going to ask you later to share your story with the guys that you've got camaraderie with. It's important that we share our stories. We don't naturally share our stories. That's not the way that we're always wired. We love sharing stories about sports, about the weather, about hiking, about doing this, about doing that. Oh, I've been to the mountains before. Oh, yeah, one time I swam across the lake. All those kinds of stories are awesome. But I'm talking about the stuff that's a few layers down. The stuff that might even be embarrassing, humiliating, might not look like something that you want to share. So, I grew up, my parents needed some child care for us. I have two younger sisters, and my parents were overwhelmed, and so they would take us to church push us out of the Volkswagen bug that my mom had and she'd push us out the door whoops I'm getting all jiggy with this um, she'd push us out the door uh, and uh, and we would go to Sunday school and my parents would go off and they would either fight or go to breakfast or do whatever but it was just childcare that was that, that's what church was for them they were not believers and and so they just pushed us out the door and off we went and so um, I came to Christ as a child uh, at, at, at a church in North Redonda Beach. And, and then I bumped into these verses uh, when I was hitting my, my teen years. Uh, this is uh, from 1 Thessalonians. It's up on the screen. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. That word means, that's a big fat word. And it means, it means holiness. It means purity. It means all of the good things that that God represents his character and all those kinds of things, that's your sanctification. It says that the Bible saves us, and at the point of our salvation, sanctification kicks in, holiness kicks in. When God looks at you, he doesn't see you there. He sees his son, Jesus Christ. He sees you as covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, and so he sees his son there, and while he has transformed you and changed you, he is in the progress as well of transforming your life so that the way that you live actually looks like a person that has been changed, saved, redeemed, reformed, is really just a clean mirror, a clean mirror of reflecting the character of God. The problem is, of course, we're all bent mirrors. We're all dirty mirrors. We all have things that don't reflect well the character of God. They're, 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 they're twisted. They're, they're shattered Sometimes. They need deeper healing. And so this is the will of God. Have you ever asked yourself, what's the will of God? You know what? The will of God is spelled out so clearly in Scripture. (laughs) It's, It's all over the pages of Scripture. Ask yourself the question, am I living out in my life the will of God? Because your purity is... A huge part of that, that you would abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you would know how to control his own body, literally handle the parts of your body in holiness, purity, and honor. Not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles, which in the Bible, you know, is kind of a code word for all those people that don't believe in God. Not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. That no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter. Isn't that interesting? Isn't it interesting that my personal sexual immorality is transgressing you? That's how community we are supposed to be. That our stories would not sin against one another, even when our sin is some individual sin that we feel like is far away from everybody else. This is something I do with, you know, computer in my bedroom, in the shower, in the, like, I, my sin is not connected to the rest of you. The Bible says it is. The Bible says that in the spiritual realm, what you do matters. That You are part of a body. When you sin, you don't just transgress individually or personally. You're actually sinning against your brothers, your sisters, your family in Christ. The Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we have told you beforehand, and solemnly warn you. For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. In other words, you are indwelt by the same Spirit that indwelt Jesus Christ, that empowered him to be resurrected from the dead. That The spirit that hovered over creation that, that, we, that we learned about in the first, ti- the first session and, and that is alive right inside of you. Right this very moment, the world will tell you impurity is no big deal. The spirit of God should tell you there's a problem with that, with that idea. Well, this caused a lot of conflict for me in my life. I'm trying. I'm trying to forward this. What am I doing? Can you forward the slide one? So... Am I still on? Oh, there it goes. Thank you. I tried desperately to live in a way that I felt like would honor God according to what I was reading in the Word of God. But I kept coming back to pornography. And as pornography became more um, available, you know, it's available to all of us. It's right there in our pockets, right? Um, I've, I've got... I've got my phone right here. I can access pornography in a second on my phone. Uh, you know, down the hill away from Hume Lake and, and, and that kind of thing. I could I could I can always access it, and, and it's become so so blanketing in in our world. Uh, as it became more that way, I would use it more and more and more to. To get the thrill, to get the charge, but here's the problem: I was also growing up at the same time, going to Bible college, hiding this part of my life because I knew it was shameful in the community. and And then I, I met the girl that I wanted to marry, that I felt like God was calling me to marry. And so I got I got married. And then I then I had children, and I was a youth pastor at my church, and I was deeply struggling. I was using porn at work. I was using porn privately. I was. I was pouring out on a regular basis. And when I would come to someone that was a mentor to me, when I would come to someone that that I could talk to about this, here was the answer that I got, I hope.
1: sounds great. <laughs> Too good to be true, as a matter of fact. <laughs> well, I can, I can almost guarantee you Oh. does make my- Say exactly the same thing you're saying. I mean, this, you know, this is not Yiddish, Catherine. This is <laughs> it. Stop it. So I should just stop it. There you go. I mean, you you you, you don't want to go through life being scared of being Problems? Would you would you like to address? <clears throat> Whew, uh, I'm bulimic. I stick my fingers down my throat. Stop it! Nut <laughs> of some kind? Don't don't do that. But I'm I'm compelled to. My mom used to call me. No no, no no no. We de- we don't go there. <laughs> but I've been having this dream. No, we don't go there either. But my horoscope did say. We definitely don't go there. just, <laughs> just stop it. What? What else? Well, I have self-destructive relationships with men. Stop it! <laughs> You—you want to be with a man, don't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, then stop it! Don't be such a big baby. <laughs> I wash my hands a lot. That's all right. It is. I—I I wash my hands all the time. There's a lot of germs on. Yeah, don't, don't, uh, don't worry about that. I'm afraid to drive. Well, stop it! Well, how, how are you gonna get around? Get in the car and drive, you, you kook! Stop it! Stop it! You stop it! <sighs> what's, what's the problem, Catherine? I don't like this. I don't like this therapy at all. You're just telling me to stop it. And and you and you don't you don't like that? No, I don't. So you think we're we're moving too fast? Is that it? Yes, yes, I do. All right, then let me uh, let me uh, give you ten words that I, I think will uh, clear everything up for you. Uh, you want you want to get a pad and a pencil for this one? All right. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Here are the ten words. Stop it or I'll bury you alive in a box!
0: This illustrates something that I think I, I actually kind of experienced in the church. Like I'd go to my youth pastor and I'd say, hey, I'm really struggling with masturbation. I felt really guilty. I felt shameful. What, what do I do? And essentially the answer was read your Bible and cut it out. Like stop doing that. Uh, do something else. Uh, if, if that was the answer to the issues that are going on in our lives, none of us would have a problem with sin. None of us would be all, it wouldn't be that big of a struggle. The reality is there are deeper issues that are going on. In, in a lot of ways, it's, it's like going to the doctor because you've got something that's popped up on your arm. Let's say you're looking down at your arm and you notice that there's an oozing sore on your arm. And you go to the doctor and the doctor's answer is, throw some Neosporin on that and put a Band-Aid over it. Like, I, you know... I could do that myself, doctor. There's something else going on. I think there's something wrong. Like, aren't you going to check my blood? No, we don't need to do that. We don't, we don't go there. Sh- shouldn't I be given a physical of some sort? Shouldn't you check me out? N- no, no, we're not going to do that. We don't want to, you know, we might find some really bad things then. So we're just going to slap a band-aid on it. In a lot of ways, pornography, the sin that's associated with pornography or any other sexual behavior, and, and by the way, I've, I've, We've run a porn ministry at our church for the last 10 years. Uh, during that time, I've, I've worked with guys that aren't just struggling with porn. They're, they're further down the line. Uh, I know 80-year-old men that struggle with sexual issues, and, and I know 16-year-old guys that struggle with issues. It's what you would call ubiquitous. It's, it's universal. Uh, most people that have underlying issues that are not being kind of addressed in their lives, those bubble up. And oftentimes, in our world especially, pornography or unwanted kind of sexual behaviors are what come to the surface. But these are just symptoms of the deeper things that are going on in our lives. It is crucial that we address those things. Being told by a youth pastor or a pastor or a spiritual leader or a friend uh, to just simply stop it. Do something else. Distract yourself. Do some sort of replacement. Anytime you want to think about sex, you know, what's your hobby? You like bike riding? Go bike riding. What am I going to do at 1130 at night when I'm alone at home and I'm 17 years old? I'm not busting out the front door. My parents wouldn't even let me do that. And so some of the things that were explained to me were ridiculous. And I would never impose them on you. It's just one more thing to do. It just makes church and my relationship with God feel that much more burdensome. It It just heaped more shame on me. It just Because I failed at all of those things. I tried. Don't get me wrong. I tried. I tried, and I tried, and I tried. I kept running my head into a wall. I tried everything that I could think of and everything that I could figure out from my friends. I, I would admit these things to the spiritual advisors in my life, and I would just keep getting the same types of answers. Just replace it with something else. Just just do this. Just, just, think, just always read Scripture when this happens. If those were the solutions... <laughs> that we needed, to the deeper issues that were in our lives, we wouldn't have any issues. The reality is, if that has been your life, if you have, have already been walking through this, if you have been fighting and fighting and fighting and getting nowhere with it, I believe you need to change the game. I believe you need to do something different. With that in mind... One of my favorite movies in my life. And some of you that are younger maybe even haven't seen this movie, which is actually a travesty. and means that your parents did not do a good job. Um, but uh, it, it, I don't know if you've seen Rocky, the, the movie Rocky starring Sylvester Stallone. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful movie, but there are a bunch of sequels to it. And he kind of deals with different issues in the sequels. And so anyway, in, in Rocky II, uh, Rocky has to... Uh, Make some changes because in in the first fight that he had with Apollo Creed, he got his eye knocked in so badly. He's a left-handed boxer. And he got his his eye knocked in so badly that um, if he were to fight Apollo Creed again, it would be an easy target, uh, an obvious weakness that could be taken advantage of. And so his trainer tells him, you need to make some changes. You can't approach your fight the same old way. You'll just get beat again. There's an underlying truth that is there. I want you to watch this next clip, and right where you're at, I want you to pick out some things that you recognize, some things that are meaningful in this clip that would be associated with maybe uh, approaching things differently. Take a look. This is from Rocky II. You
1: got guts to go back in the ring with him, kid. Thanks a lot, Nick.
0: You This
1: style's too easy to figure out. Left-handed fighters, they're the worst, you know. They lead with their face, mostly, trying to throw that big left. Right's no damn good. They to outlaw Southpaw. Now, why didn't you tell me this before? I didn't want to hurt your feelings. Now, look, to pull this miracle off, you gotta change everything. You gotta learn to be a right-handed fighter. Now, this'll confuse Apollo, and it'll protect that bad eye. I can't learn how to fight right-handed no more. What's can't? There ain't no can'ts. There's no can'ts. Now, he will beat you uglier than you are now. Now, listen, you start fighting right-handed, and then you change sudden, and that'll make history. But first, you gotta get speed, demon speed. Speed's what we need. We need greasy, fast speed. down huh? Ball operation in his corner. The champion dancing over in his corner. We're just seconds Stick away on. from the great right of the century, Super Fight Two, and there's the bell. And the champion comes over to hurry now. He throws a couple of rights left out there. He starts to take command early here, and now he kind of motions. See, hello come over the center of the ring now. Rocky's holding that right hand. He's fighting right handed. I don't believe it. The South southpaw until he is fighting right handed. <laughs> Balboa appears to be getting hit often, but he seems to be in pretty good condition right now. And a hard right hand thrown by the champion. Another right. Balboa is in trouble now. He is in trouble. He breaks and left. As the champion begins to open up, it was a tremendous fight. Balboa, now get
0: back. I remember from the first fight.
1: That's the high that was cut the last time. Balboa getting up rather. He on all the time, but here comes Balboa. You can't hurt me? He can't hurt me, no way. Break it up, break, on, up. break it up. Break it up, break clean. Come on, now come the on. champion, come most
0: of for Balboa You're, to come you're to too push. slow. Man, you're too slow. Get your cameras ready. Watch this now, watch this. He's going down. Here Here it comes. <laughs> Just stay, down there. Just stay down there. Just stay down there, chump. Seven. I <inaudible> 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 told you. I told you. Go, sir, Muckett. Down the And Here he is.
1: He's got him back in the corner. <inaudible> Balboa's back in the corner. But here comes Balboa again. <inaudible> yeah. Where does he get that stamina? He's got the champion trapped <inaudible> over in the left corner. And he's made left and right, left. Combination of left and right for the head. Left and right for the head.
0: What do you see? Tell, just, just yell it out. I, I can't do raise a hand, so just yell it out. What did you see in there? There is, no there is no can. You are going to have to fight. You have to keep approaching it in different ways. What else? What else did you see there? Struggle does not stop, and the struggle is monumental. It is absolutely, your, your enemy is going to taunt you. Your enemy is going to beat you. Your enemy's going to have days where it feels like all I'm doing is losing and all they're doing is winning. Uh, it, it, it is a monumental struggle. What else? Say again. Okay, yeah, you got to see what you're doing. You got you to gotta have, you know, outside observe. Like he's got, his, he's got his trainer there. He's got coaches there that are, that are there telling him what to do, telling him what to take advantage of, telling him, you know, take this angle, do this thing. Uh, even telling him you got to learn how to fight right-handed and what was his first response i can't do it i can't do it i mean imagine if somebody said uh in order to get over um, pornography use or unwanted sexual behaviors in your life you need to learn how to write with your opposite hand it would just feel so unnatural right if i if i had to go right-handed to left-handed it would feel so weird it would feel so out of the ordinary um You know, I know it's attributed to Albert Einstein. He said something like it, but if you continue to do the same thing and you are consistently expecting a different outcome, it's the very definition of insanity. And so many of us in the church, because of our upbringing, because of what we've been told, because of the shame and the guilt and all the stuff that gets piled on top of it, we we feel like like we're just going to keep running our head into the wall because it's the best thing that I can do. Yeah, I'm going to fail, but God's grace is bigger than my sin. All of those things are true, but it leads to us living a defeated life. And I tried that. Page one of that outline that you've got in front of you. And by the way, I'm going to refer to the outline, but really this is for you. Uh, This is for your benefit, like a lot of this stuff in here. Uh, I've, I've updated this year. It's, it's, a, it's a lot different than previous years. But the, the information that's in here is, is meant to just highlight some of the things. You know, when I first started doing this seminar 9, 10 years ago, it was, uh, I had to convince people that pornography was bad and that it was rampant in the church. No longer. Don't have to do that anymore. Uh, it's, just a, it's just accepted in, in, in a known quantity that this is something that guys uh, struggle with. And it's going on in the church. I mean, don't get me wrong. Your church probably still hasn't started a porn ministry. Uh, I think we are one of two churches in the city of Long Beach. right? That's a lot of people that have what we would call a a pornography ministry uh, designed for guys to come to anonymously and get healing from pornography. But I tried this. I tried this cycle, this viewing porn, to help out with the stress in my life. Tired, lonely, angry, pain, uh, what, what uh, AA calls halt. Hungry, angry, angry, lonely, tired. Whenever you're in those positions, you're going to be vulnerable. And, and I was. I, I, would, I would use porn. And I would use masturbation. I would use all those things to help me with the stresses in my life. It gave me temporary relief, and that was better than nothing, right? It's better than screaming at my wife. It's better than putting a hole through the wall. It's better than, phew, man, I could be... I had, I had rage and anger inside of me. And so because of this action that I was taking, self-sex and all that went along with it, and sometimes when I was a younger man, um, I, I, I even went too far with, with women. And that got out of hand for me, using women just as objects, which I know a lot of you guys in here have got those histories and those memories and those, the shame and the, the, the reality that you, the, the, You've hurt other people with your own, your own sin. Some of you have been sinned against by people. You were taken advantage of. You were in a vulnerable position and someone hurt you. Whether it's sin against you, sin you've committed, or sin that you are doing by yourself. It brings shame, guilt. We hide these things. There's secrecy associated with them. And the church has always seemed so ill-equipped. It's a deal. I'm telling you, try something different. Try I I know what I'm offering up to you today is is not easy and it's hard and it's it's like a heavyweight fight that goes 15 rounds and you are not sure who's gonna get up off that mat first. Because you come back to this number four, quitting frustration, white knuckling, promise prayers, call them promy prayers. God, I'll never do this again. Please, please, God, I'm so sorry. All you're doing with this cycle right here is teaching yourself how to sin. All you're doing, you walk this cycle enough times, you're numbing your conscience. You're hardening your heart. You're teaching yourself how to sin against God. Call it what it is. You are training yourself in the devil's school of how to avoid God in your life. That's what that is right there. And you can plug any sin you want into it. It's going to lead to death. It's going to lead to destruction in every one of our lives. I beg you, try something different. Approach it from a different perspective. I kept repeating this process again and again, teaching myself how to sin, training myself how to avoid God, teaching my conscience to become hard. Because every time you go through that cycle... There's a little piece of you that gets hidden away in a harder and harder place. And the Bible says eventually, eventually you just get turned over to your own sin. Eventually, that traps you so tightly that even though you are saved by God for eternity, you are ruined by the devil for this life. This is not what you were designed for. It's not who you and I are called to be. What am I supposed to do in the midst of this? The answer was I had to learn how to fight with my opposite hand. I had to learn how to approach things from a different perspective. I had to learn how to move one way and the next way as nimbly and as quickly and as efficiently as I possibly could. What did that require of me? It required me... Approaching this issue in a completely different way. And so I want to give you these truths. One, it's been over 20 years since I used pornography. You can heal. And by the way, I was buried in it. This is not like I I binged on porn once a month or something like that. I I binged on porn ah, six out of seven days a week. I usually avoided Sundays. Something in my conscience said, going to church or being a pastor, I should probably lay off. Uh, I, was, I was immersed. I would even say that I was. there were aspects of what I was doing that, that showed tremendously addictive tendencies and behaviors. I shy away from the addict thing because I work with addicts, and I know how horrible it is to, to be addicted to something. Some of you in this room ought, probably would fit that category, though. I mean, using six days a week, I, I was... Looking at porn all the time, I was jacking off morning, noon, and night. I had a lot of pressure in my life. I was really trying to start a family, start a career. Start. Whew, I was a mess. I was a mess. I couldn't go to a coffee shop and and have a cute barista behind the, the counter without trapping that image in my head and then fantasizing about her later. I. I was stuck. So I want you to know, I want you to know both in the Bible and in science that you can heal. Pages 13 and 14 of that outline that I've given you give you the science behind it so that you know that I'm not just blowing some sort of Christian smoke at you, that I'm not just giving you the, you can do it, and, and then sending you out on your way. Your brain has been built In such a a plastic way. Such a moldable way. That that it actually can relearn things. It can regroup those patterns that you already have going on in your life. And I don't care if you're 80. I have seen guys heal from pornography. I've seen them heal from all the... From all the deep tracks that they've carved into their minds for 50 years, your brain has been created by God to be able to heal from these things, from the traumas that you, even you, have brought upon your own body. You have been given what, what's, what scientists call neuroplasticity that allows your brain to heal and to carve new ways of thinking, new ways of, of being able to accomplish. Your life in Christ and not resort to all of the old patterns of pornography, of dealing with your anxieties, dealing with your guilt, dealing with your shame in that same old way. The go to. You've been built to heal. And I want you to know I stand before you today. I promise you it's possible. And we've got a program that we run at our church. And I have seen, I've seen over the past 10 years. Well over 100 different guys go through our program, and they are no longer using pornography. They are no longer going to massage parlors. I don't want to load your mind with a whole bunch of new ideas. So I just there's all kinds of ways that you can act out sexually. They're not doing those things. That's a miracle, guys. You don't get that from just going to your pastor and going, hey, I struggle with porn. Hey, stop it. That's not going to heal things. I'm talking about industrial strength healing for that cycle that you are boring a hole through your soul with. You can heal. There is hope. But you must do something different to deal with the sin that you have committed, that has been committed against you, or that you have participated in with others. And I would say the number one, the number one truth after those foundational ideas is that you've got to come out of the closet. Not to everybody, but you've got to come out of a place of isolation, come out of a place of nobody knowing your struggle, come out of a place where you are hiding what's really going on in your life, and you have got to get honest in what I would call community. Now, I think that community should be guys only, by the way. I'm not advocating at all. Please do not go from here and decide I'm telling my wife. You are going to screw up your marriage in a way that you have never even imagined. I am not asking you to do that. Please don't do that. The only time that you come out to your spouse is after you have rigorously worked a program, have sobriety, have got a plan, it's written out, you've got accountability partners, and you do this in a very measured and in and, and a very, very careful manner, I have walked both sides of that coin. I've walked with a guy that just gets so guilty and just wants to explode. And he needs to get a little bit, of, little bit of that energy off of him. And so he goes and he confesses to his wife and it completely blows up a marriage. And I've gone down the road where somebody's really measured it carefully and has walked through. And, and because of the sin that was involved, he feels that he needs to reveal all of this to his wife. And, and so he does in a very measured way and it, it actually produces trust and building in a marriage. It may not involve you coming out to your wife at all. That's not a necessary part of of healing, but it is for a lot of us, like me. It was an important part of the process. But you've got to come out. You've got to have this moment where you quit hiding who you really are and allow the strength that God has created you for to come into the light. If you have been trying to heal all by yourself and you're not finding success, I've got news for you. Nobody heals by themselves. Even in your private places, you are still connected to the body of Christ, scripture says. And that means that healing, because your sin happened in community, in other words, your sin did not happen all isolated and away from everybody else, because your sin happened in a community, Healing also happens in a community. That community is crucial. I illustrate it this way. You can tell what kind of movies I gravitate towards. I illustrate it this way.
1: You do have a name. My name is Gladiator. How dare you show your back to me? Slave! You will remove your helmet and tell me your name.
0: See what happened when Emperor Commodus, the evil, the evil uh, leader in this in this case. See what happened when he whispered to the captain of the guard uh, to surround him. What happened at that moment? All of the guys that were around Maximus surrounded him. This is what I'm talking about. You need a group of men that surround you and help you when the enemy is attacking, when you are surrounded. And it feels like the enemy is more powerful than you. And by the way, the enemy is more powerful than you. The enemy is clearly more powerful. He's the prince of this earth. He's the prince of the air. In other words, the sky that surrounds the earth, which envelops the earth. He's the prince of all that lays inside of it. This is the realm that has been given to him by God. He used to be an angel in heaven, closest to the throne of God, and he's been given this place as his throne in a temporary way to see what he can make of it. And you, you have been placed in the middle of that. Started with a garden, worked through a virgin birth. Now you are here, and you are like naked, exposed, and unaware. Unaware of the spiritual battle that the Bible says is going on around us at all times. You are at the center of that. You are what the competition is trying to win. And since Jesus Christ has claimed your life, you've been lost to the enemy, but what he wants to do to you is to neuter your effectiveness, to take you out of the game, to kick you so hard between the legs that you are ineffective for the kingdom of God. In the midst of that, the only way out is to come out of the isolation, to come out of the privacy. And to begin, (laughs) all I can say is, one of my good friends came to me and said, Chris, I really struggle with pornography and masturbation. It's been a struggle since I was 12 years old. And this is what he said to me. You seem like the kind of guy that struggles with that too. Can you imagine saying that to some guy? Like, I struggle with porn and masturbation, and you know what I think? I think you do too. That's what my buddy said to me. And he was right. He said, there's a group of us meeting. And he exposed me to material that was not, oh, I failed this week, pat him on the back, pray for him, and say, do better this next week. That is never going to work. If you're in that kind of a recovery program where you just keep getting patted on the back and told, do better this next week, try try harder this week, that is never going to work. You need industrial strength recovery tools in order to deal with such an industrial strength universal problem that exists. On page two, I kind of detail what those things are. Um, I kind of lay out what the, the, what the pattern looks like. But the tools that I was exposed to, the tools that we used, um, are part of what is no, what we call the PD program, the Pure Desire program. Uh, the seven pillars. All of this, by the way, all of this is kind of detailed, like the, the different uh, tools that we have are on pages 19 through 24. Um, Pages 19 to probably 21 are going to detail Pure Desire. It gives you the website. You can go on their website and find the closest Peer Desire meeting to where you live. Uh, peer Desire is an anonymous, anonymous program. Not like in the 12-step anonymous group. But it's. Uh, in other words, you go, to the, you go to this program, and the only people that know that you're in the program are the people that are in your group. But they are a band of brothers that surround you. A lot of these programs, by the way, have groups for women. Statistics on females that are being involved in porn went from being like, you know, 10% about 20 years ago to now over 60% for those that are 16 and younger. Why? Because they all have cell phones. They want to know about sex. They want to know how to please their boyfriends. Probably why a lot of you got involved in it, just out of curiosity. seemed pretty innocent. There was nothing worse for me, I do these seminars, I do all this stuff, you know. I, I, I'm the porn guy up here at, at Hume Lake. I used to really be embarrassed by that, but I'm totally embracing it. I want it on my name tag, but they won't do it. Uh, anyway, uh, I, 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 I'm the porn guy up here, and, and I went home, and my wife was like, hey, our oldest daughter's acting kind of weird. Um, could we, I think we should talk to her. We talked to her, and we found out she was looking at cartoon porn. She was just a child. I think she was 11 The devil wants to eat you, but he also wants to eat your kids. And he probably is. And there's, I mean, that is so, there's nothing that brings out how much you want to protect your children than finding out that they've been looking at, you know, cartoon porn. And it's a gateway in. And I had to sit there with my sobbing daughter. She was embarrassed. She was humiliated, and she said to me, Dad, I kept looking at it, and I would stop, and I would go away, and I just couldn't stop. I knew exactly what she was talking about. It's infectious to our souls. And if we are going to experience healing... My daughter would never experience healing if she didn't have two parents paying attention to what were going on in her life. And maybe you didn't have those parents like I didn't have those parents. And so you need what God has given you. And he has given you the men in your church to gather together and to be honest. It takes somebody stepping up and saying, I struggle with this. I even have a page in there just about pastors, the number of pastors that struggle with pornography use. Talk about an industry where you're admitting that you use porn or that you have a problem with it will just simply get you fired. Don't fire your pastor because he's struggling with sin. Don't do that kind of thing. Don't cancel each other. That's not who we are. We are men who are committed deeply to industrial strength solutions, to the industrial strength problem of sin in this world. And Jesus Christ has equipped us to access those things and to be able to really experience true healing. True healing that deals with the deeper issues in our lives. If you're wondering about your own sexual addiction, if you're wondering, by the way, if you struggle with anger. Anger and and sex are very, very, I know this will sound weird, but they're very, very closely related. A lot of times we deal with our anger issues by using sex. Um, And it's not to say that you are having angry sex if you are married and and, and whatnot. It's just to say that uh, this makes this feel better. That's all. This could be anxiety. This could be anger. This could be all kinds of things. But anger is usually a common theme. And it's a common theme theme amongst guys. Anger solves so many things, doesn't it? So I've got an anger test that is in there. And I've also got a sexual addiction test. And I would just encourage you, if this is at all a struggle in your life, just sit down and take those and be honest. Nobody else is going to be looking at your test. Nobody else gives a rip. Do that fearless inventory. Take these moments and and get, get honest with who you really are and bring that to at least one guy that you can trust. I think it's better to be in a community I think it is better to be surrounded by a group of guys. A group of I I, this week when I was preparing for this seminar, I began to have nightmares. Something I really struggled with when I was a child. The devil would would just get in my head and give me all these nightmares. you know, the the number one tool of the devil is fear. And if he can make you fear, fear exposure, fear loss of reputation, just as a child, just, just fear even going to sleep at night because you know. The nightmares are going to come. I learned to pray in my dreams when I was a kid, out of survival, um, and and as I did learn that, I, I, I learned how to overcome those nightmares. So I, it was notable to me when I was preparing for this, and I began to have nightmares. And I immediately, you know what I did? I immediately I went to my wife and I asked her to pray for me. I went to my guys and I asked them to pray for me. I contacted people that I'm close to and I asked them to pray for me, and they went away. They went away. Why? Because the enemy doesn't actually have any hold over you. He can just make you fearful. He can just ruin your head. He can whisper in your ear. But he has no power over you. You hold the power, pardon the pun, but you hold the power in your own hands. But that power is only made real when we move out of isolation and into community. And there is nothing harder in the universe than sitting with other guys And saying, I genuinely struggle. In fact, my struggle is ugly, it's embarrassing, it humiliates me. And I I honestly feel like a turd because I'm I'm even admitting this. This is what needs to change. It's the learning to fight with your opposite hand. It's the opposite of what your instinct is. Whatever your instinct is, I would say work against that. Get into a group. Go on to pure desire. Uh, Use covenant eyes, not as a blocker for your internet, but just as a reporter for your internet. Uh, Get rid of all those apps that you can access the internet with. Go through your web browser. Like there are ways to treat the stuff that you have going on. I got off of social media seven or eight years ago, about a year before President Trump became president. I got off of social media because people kept having fights on my web pages. Um, with each other that were my friends i've got liberal friends i've got conservative friends and they were duking it out on my facebook page and i was like screw this i got off social media praise god i did um i but i know that for some of you social media is a huge problem uh then then fast from it cut it off for a while see how your life goes do something different but don't do it alone do it in camaraderie. I don't think guys like the word accountability. It sounds very female. It sounds like two women sitting together looking at each other and just going, how can I grow in Jesus? Camaraderie is what guys have. Camaraderie means I sit in a group of guys shoulder to shoulder and I talk about what's going on in my life and I know these guys have got my back. That when the attack comes, they surround me. They'll defend me. That's camaraderie and that's what I'm calling you to. I'm calling you to be different because you come Out into the open and allow God to give you the power. The moment that he steps out in that movie and he's given the power, it is a quick trip to where he will be able to go face to face with the Emperor Commodus. It's just a matter of time, and everybody knows it in the movie. I love Gladiator, I love Rocky. You can tell what I gravitate towards are these movies. Like I know Bobby commented on them, you know. Our point is not revenge. Your point though? is to fight and to fight smart and to fight differently because your enemy would like to keep you under his foot. He would like to taunt you into submission. He would like to make you a neutered male Christian without any fanfare. Put that to an end in your life. God has given you the guys that you've come up here with this weekend so that you could gather around a campfire tonight so that you could respond to what's been going on this week, so that you could kind of get together with the guys, and when they ask the question, what's been important to you this weekend? You can say to them, I really struggle with some unwanted sexual behaviors. By the way, Jay Stringer wrote a book. It's in, it's in that thing about unwanted. It's called Unwanted, and that's, that's where I get that phrase from because nothing coins, no, nothing is, captures it quite like that. There are sexual behaviors that all of us have in our lives and some of them are unwanted. (laughs) Some of them we'd like to get rid of. Open up. Allow yourself and a band of brothers to be able to begin to experience the healing that God has for you and that he has made available to you but that you cannot do alone. You've been sinned against and you've sinned in community. Allow that community to be some of the strength That you draw from for true healing in your life. I've said enough. I just want you to know how much I've been praying for this weekend and how much I've been praying for you. If you would like to talk about this, I am available for that for the rest of the weekend. Uh, If you need to hide that from the rest of your group because you're the pastor or you're just not sure about exposing yourself to a bunch of other guys, uh, come, yeah, feel free to come and talk to me. If you see me talking to somebody, like, back behind a cabin, don't walk over to me. Uh, yeah, like, let, let, let them have their moment. And, and, but get it out. Like, start, start to work with this. Start to expose this. Start to get this out. Like, let's heal because God has made it available to us in Jesus Christ. The blood of Christ has not just saved you for eternity. He saved you for right now. You are crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. This life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who has saved me by the blood. Father God, I pray over these guys. I pray that your authority that is in their lives, God, the authority that you gave to us as as men, as believers, as leaders, God, that you would pour out this authority that comes from the community of the church You have chosen the church to stand against the gates of hell, not me and not any individual guy in here. You've chosen us as a banded together group, family of people to stand against the very gates of hell, God. And I pray that we would access that in our lives, that we would not tolerate sin any longer, that we would not be kept captive by pornography and all these unwanted sexual behaviors, but God, you would... You would allow these guys to break free of these things. And I pray it would begin, that fight would begin this weekend. That you would begin their training right here and right now. I pray this over them in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. And all God's people said, amen. All right, I think our meeting starts in about 25 minutes or so. You can look at your badges to to know that for sure. But... uh, I just want you to know if there's extra of those outlines that you want to take back to your men's ministry or, or work with that stuff, go ahead. And I've got the uh, QR code if you need them. Yeah, Nate, what's up? Yeah, we can do that. Can we put that QR code back on the screen? Guys can scan that and then it'll, I think it will load up when you're back at home. And if you, my name and my phone number, that's my cell phone number. Uh, I'm totally accessible. You may have to leave me a message since I don't have your number and I'm not picking up just any old number. But uh, just leave me a message and I'll get you all the information as well. So, like, do the QR code thing. But uh, there's also one up here that's maybe a little clearer than the big screen um, that's on the TV set back here. Um, but, but make sure that you do what you need to do to rescue guys. You know, like, like to really be the men that say, let's take this on and let's do it together and let's get some material and let's go after this in an industrial-strength way. All right, I'm going to shut up. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you listening. God bless you.